In the fall each year we all congregate The bound all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of Monson Our favorite verse, my God, a precious Drunk and obnoxious, what Georgia faith Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday in that thing Welcome to the Saturday Nothings Podcast. We're a Georgia Bulldogs show. I'm your host, Seth Saunders, joined as always by my co-host, James Kim. Brother, we are living in a world where the dogs are 3-0 and and doing so in dominating fashion. I mean, that performance yesterday was just a masterpiece to watch. Yeah, as we've said for a couple years now, we're living in the, the good old days. Yesterday was just a ho-hum, 48-7 ass-drubbing of South Carolina. And you and I were texting that, you know, there was a time when noon and that concrete fireball from hell would have been, you know, very, you know, nerve-wracking. Um, uh, 2019, you know, I mean, that was in Athens, but we lost. In 2018, Uncle Chris was there, and we were a little nervous in that game going into that game. I remember um, DeAndre Baker had the pick six to – well, he dropped the pick six, but it was really a pick six, you know what I mean, um, yeah. to make it, you know, more comfortable. But, you know, the second half we took over, but that first half was a little tense there in, the, in, in Columbia that year. But good old days, man. I'm loving it. Yeah, I was texting with you. I was also texting with Jason Hasty, and I was saying, you know, you think about last weekend's chaos and everything the Fun Belt did, whether it's App State in College Station or Georgia Southern in Lincoln or Marshall in South Bend. And we are living in a time as, as Georgia fans where that seems ridiculous, right? Like that can't happen. And I was texting with you guys like, 2015 wasn't that long ago where we should have lost to Georgia Southern at Sanford at home. Yeah. So I I just, I know we harp on it a lot and probably annoys people, but I just really want to raise this up that like, this is man, the good old days of Georgia football are right. Damn now. And like, even a day like yesterday where that's like a quote unquote easy win, breathe it in baby. Like this is good living. Like this is, what you were there for the six and seven years where UCF beats us in the Liberty Bowl and like all the stuff you've endured as a dogs fan, this is just about as joyful as it can get. And I think even you and I, who I feel like are generally optimistic about not just Georgia football, but about Kirby Smart's Georgia football, I don't know that we anticipated them looking like they've looked thus far do you i mean for me they've looked better than i could have anticipated no they look surgical they look how i think we would have expected them to look had you know not covid year if from had come back for 2020 with munkin at the help yeah. i think that's how we would have expected that offense to look you know a fourth year starter and jake from with munkin at the all and call him the plays. I think that's how we would have expected that offense to look. But even then, it would have been a first-year offense for Fromm, and I don't think we could have ever anticipated the offense to look this. I mean, you would have expected the offense to be well-improved on last year, but not like this. 
Uh-uh. And I mean, let's be realistic. The running game has still not looked good. And they're putting up, you know, 40 plus points a game like it's nothing. But as Munkin said, they were talking about in the broadcast. I think Blackledge brought it up that those those swing passes are just an extension of the run game, which we talked about in Atlanta. All those passes to Kenny on the Alp and um, Kyrus and stuff like that. Those are just extensions of the run game, which is what Alabama did so well with Tua and Burrow did with Chase and um, Jefferson and Edwards Hilaire, too. And Edwards Alaire, yeah, like they did all those was so they did those so well. We're doing the exact same thing. We did have never had an element like that. Not that we didn't have the players, we just never utilized them that way before. Yeah, this has exceeded even my big expectations for this offense. I mean, you know very well that I felt like they would explode and be the most exciting Georgia offense we've seen since the 2012 team. But I didn't expect this. I didn't expect them to average completing a pass to 10 different receivers a game or what it is. I tweeted it yesterday, 12 different receivers a game. 12. I think it was 10 in the opener, 15 against Sanford, and then 11 yesterday. I mean, the depth of talent. And let's also just talk about Arik Gilbert didn't even travel yesterday. So a weapon that we both, I think, fully anticipated that was going to be heavily integrated in the offense hasn't even been there. They're doing this. And you've got guys like, um, you know, I think Dylan Bell started yesterday, didn't he? Uh, He's 86, right? Uh, No, I think Jackson Meeks started. He's nine. Yeah. Man, I thought I thought Dylan Bell started. I mean, either way, he played early. And either way, yeah, they they, play, they both played a lot and early. But also yeah. to, to harp on Ari Gilbert, we only had AD Mitchell for a game and a play. Yeah, that, let's that's not a, forget about that's that. Another thing, AD wasn't even there yesterday. I, 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 you know, that's a that's. A, I'm glad you say that. Yeah, didn't didn't play, but the opening play of the Sanford game, and what, didn't even make the trip yesterday, and. Everything I saw on Twitter was what are they saying? Three to four weeks, maybe. That, that yeah, he'll be out. I, it's probably a high ankle sprain. They haven't officially said, but my guess is that's what it is. It's a well, high ankle sprain. And speaking of high ankle sprains, some good news on that front. There's been stuff leaking out that a Arian at the game last week, and Arian had no boot on. And B, from what people are putting out on Twitter, he's got good GPS numbers at practice. Now, obviously that's running straight line, but I mean, there were reports in the summer that he's going to be out the whole year. So they feel great about that. Well, especially for Arian, because you know how your boy feels about Arian Smith. I think he's just electric. So I want to see him get some shine. You know, I want him to be able to showcase himself. So I hope that that is true and he's getting healthy and put another weapon in the mix. You know, I mean, it almost seems crazy to think about uh, being able to <laughs> take the offense a step further, but they could. I mean, yeah. they got weapons that aren't even out right now. And uh, look, I posted a graphic yesterday and was texting with you about it, but it's time. The national media needs to get off their ass and put Stetson Fleming Bennett the fourth in the Heisman conversation at the front of the pack. I mean, if we're having an honest conversation three weeks through the year, who's having a better year than him? I don't think there is a person. 
It's because I, he's not the name. Yes. It's it's the same thing for Georgia fans, why he wasn't, you know, he's not a five-star. He's a walk-on, blah, 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 blah. The same crap. He's not a name. Yeah. Exactly. He's not going to draw the attention to the graphics. Look, because, I mean, look, if we're having an honest conversation, just straight football, it's him and the kid at Kansas. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Jaden Daniels. Yes. I mean, they're the two kids that are having the best years and obviously affecting their teams the most. So, which let's talk about that real quick. They went in yesterday and just spanked that cougar ass. I mean, rock shock Jayhawk, Bubba. They just did what they wanted pretty much I all afternoon. Yeah. So that was, that was fun. Uh, did you they see they announced players fighting on the sideline? That was awesome. That, that's right. Yeah. So there was some scuttlebutt and, and a little push by KU's folks to try and get game day to come to Lawrence next weekend. But they announced this morning they're going to be in Knoxville for. Tennessee, Florida. Tennessee, Florida. Which, tell me that doesn't just – it seems like the SEC on ESPN deal has already kind of taken hold. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't realize – Tell me that's not – that doesn't just look like a boring matchup. I think if, if you have watched them play – now, I've seen Tennessee less, and granted, I would say Tennessee has probably played less – lesser opponents but what have you seen from florida that makes you think they're going to go in there and make that a game at all all you've seen from florida is that first game against utah and, and that's it i mean and and even that starts to make starts you really start thinking what does that say about utah more than yeah. more than what did that say about florida which in that same vein how about the ducks yesterday putting one on the board against byu man I mean, I'm happy for landing. I'm I'm really glad yeah. I was wrong on that pick. I mean, I picked the Cougars to win. Me too. Um, outright, I picked the Cougars to win outright. I'm me too. I'm really happy that I'm happy for landing. I just what impressed me most about that game though was was Bo Nix. I mean, he was at one point he was 11 for 12 for like 187 yards and two touchdowns. Like I have never seen him play that, that good. And, you know, I am – if anyone who's listening to the show knows that I am the biggest Bo Nix hater there is. I do not <laughs> like Bo Nix. I think he's just a pair of shoes. But he looked excellent yesterday against a really good defense. So, I mean, they looked – they. I think they have found what works well for him, and which is you got to run the football. You can't abandon the run no matter what the score of the game is. And they did that. I mean, at one point they had run the ball – 18 times and throwing the ball five and that's his back. And he had run the ball. I think a bunch of those times too. It wasn't like he had, it was just, you know, they were turning around and running the ball. He was running the ball a lot too. He's got to get comfortable. He's got to get hit a couple of times for him to get comfortable throwing the ball, which for a quarterback, you know, usually isn't the smartest thing, but. Well, look, and, and this is just like Notre Dame, 2017, Notre Dame, 2019. I am now the biggest Oregon Ducks fan on the planet. I want them to win every game they play the rest of the year because yep. the more they win, the better it makes, it makes us look. Georgia look better. Exactly. So go Ducks. I mean, you got to love it. And it's only going to help us. And I think, I mean, people are seeing it anyways because the eye test doesn't lie. But with them having that result yesterday and then everybody going, oh, wait, maybe it is just that Georgia is an unstoppable force that they went into Atlanta and absolutely punished them for four quarters. 
Also, scale of one to ten, where are you at on the salt factory that South Carolina akin to Kentucky last year and uh, other games that we'll will not mention, but scores the touchdown against the thirteen defense with like fifty eight seconds. <laughs> I was I was pretty hot. I'll admit that. Like, I mean, that was probably the most emotion I had since like this, you know, five minutes left in the first quarter. Honestly, yeah. I was kind of pissed. So yeah. it was not. I mean, they didn't call like timeouts or anything, so it wasn't true. like that. But yeah, but true. it was still aggravating. But it was also like you could kind of see it coming the way that they the way that the plays that they were running. I mean, they were running some complex routes there. It wasn't just like, Hey, let's line up one-on-one. I mean, they're running some rub routes and stuff. I mean, it was, it's a pretty complex scheme there, you know, with, you know, a minute left. I would say our average defensive scoring uh, defense a game now is uh, what? 3.3 points. It went up from 1.1 to (laughs) 3.3. This is one of these things where that is what was written about all offseason was that, you know, Georgia's had all this talent on defense drafted and now they're gone and they're going to be young and replace people and defense going to take all this time to get up to speed and blah, blah, blah. Look pretty damn good to me, homie. <laughs> we'll have one and saw it a little bit against Oregon, but we got up so quick they kind of abandoned the run game. It is noticeable that we don't have the big boy in the middle. Yeah. Teams are going to be able to run – up the middle against us unless we find a way scheme wise to make up for not having Jordan Davis. Yeah. It's going to be interesting because look, if, if you look at that schedule now, as it lays out until Halloween weekend, they're not going to have a game where Stetson's not out by midway through the third quarter. No. So that that's what is, going to be interesting I think about this regular season is there's just not a lot of tests out there and so they're most likely going to go into Atlanta again a bit uh, not battle tested is you hate to say that but that's kind of going to be right I mean they won't have played anybody with even close to parallel talent to them at that point, they just won't. Now, I'm not saying somebody might not give them a tough game. I mean, I have been on record saying I think that trip to Starkville to play Mississippi State could be tricky. But they just lost in Death Valley last night in a game they gave away and looked pretty pedestrian on offense at points. So I just think that the depth of talent you have to have and how diverse you have to be schematically on offense and defense to line up with Georgia – there's maybe one and a half teams in America that can do it. I mean, one is obviously Bama, right? And then yeah. I'm going to say I'm going to give a half to Ohio State just because I'm going to give their offense the benefit of the doubt. But I don't think their defense could do anything against our offense. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I just – I was – I'll tell you a funny story. I was talking to my mom on the telephone this morning, which, you know, not a gigantic college football fan one way or the other, but she asked me on the phone she goes, so what, are they going to be better this year than the team that won the title last year? I go, <laughs> great question, mama. Maybe we should have you on the show. <laughs> I mean, that has now become a f- fair question, I think, to start talking about. Could they be better than they were last year? And look, I, this isn't a talent question. 
I think this is more. Well, I, I want to say two things. One, I think Kirby it has relaxed in the right ways. And what I mean by that is, I think he's letting Munkin just stay in his bag and going, hey, look, yeah. look, Todd, let it rip, baby. Like, we're going to be all right. We feel good about Stetson. We trust Stetson. Let it rip. And even with Jake, man, I don't know that we've ever seen that side of Kirby before. So that's number one, okay? Number two is, boy, doesn't it seem like he used this offseason like he is, just masterful at it, to make that team believe that people are marginalizing the title they won last year and saying, oh, people think the only reason you won it was because Alabama didn't have their two wide receivers. See, they still don't respect you. They still think you're just baby brother because they have played with their hair on fire, which yeah, I think we would have wanted them to, but uh, do you, in your heart of hearts, is that really your expectation that they would have played like this? I mean, they have played pissed off on me. No, I, I, I never expected them to come out quite like this. I mean, they are out to prove a point. They're out to not just win, but they're out to take people, take teams souls. Yes. And yes. And early and often, and just demoralize you. Yes. Yeah. And, it's awesome. I love it. Like, okay, let's talk about this. I, it, you know, it's a modern miracle. We've talked this long and I haven't already brought it up because, you know, he's my, my spirit animal. But Kirby Paul Smart maybe had my favorite sideline moment of his entire tenure yesterday after they stopped South Carolina on a fourth down try, which came after – was it the same drive as the fake punt? I think it was the same drive. Uh... I'm pretty sure it was. I'll have to go back and watch. I'm not sure. It was so anyway, they were close together. The cameras caught him during the initial run. I saw him. So I go up to tape it. Because I'm like, I have got to have evidence of this so I can post it everywhere imaginable. Well, then obviously somebody in the truck got alerted to it because then they got a different camera angle that was just on him of the entire interaction. And Let's just say Kirby used some words that you you wouldn't use on, on Sundays, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just put it that way, okay? And you probably wouldn't say in front of your mama either. But it was awesome. And he was fired up, and it was aimed directly at the South Carolina sideline. I mean, he was heated, and it was awesome. And I have told you, I love it. When Kirby hates his opponent, my favorite Kirby is Kirby that hates his opponent, which is in all honesty, one of the reasons I hated that Florida got rid of Dan Mullen. Cause you could tell he hated Dan Mullen's ass and you just knew they were bringing the noise in the cocktail party. So I'm sorry about it, Billy Napier. I'm sure you're a nice man, but I hope Kirby hates your ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it was, just an electric interaction. I mean, he was going crazy. You know, I, I posted it pretty much everywhere I could post it. And somebody, I haven't told you this yet, but somebody commented on it and said, look at everything going on the sideline. Where's the person that's normally holding him back? And I just, I responded back. I said, there's only so much Coach Sinclair can do with that animal. Like, I mean, <laughs> 
he was uncontainable at that point. So, yeah, I mean, that was just laugh out loud funny. I immediately texted it to you. No, it was spectacular. I love the raw emotion. I am going to miss the, you know, him coming off the sideline in the cocktail party and going, I hate these MFers. Yeah. You know, now that Mullen's gone, I hope he still hates them just as much, even with Mullen gone, but I, I don't know if he will. Yeah. It cracked me up. So, and what I had captioned all of our videos with all of our social was Kirby smart in the living room on recruiting trips. Now I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, gamut of the, yeah, the gamut of responses people wrote, Somebody commented back and said, you spelled it wrong, and then wrote in quotations, a lotl, <laughs> A-L-O-T-T-L, <laughs> <laughs> which I enjoyed. I said, ooh, that got me. That, that got me real good. So, yeah, also yesterday, oh. Brock Bowers made himself a statement, had a big catch, and just a couple, you know, Brock Bowers plays. I mean, the plays yeah. that we just – that's another thing. I, I feel like – you watch and you go, oh, it's just Brock. Like Stetson got asked about it in post game. Like, yeah, it's just Brock. And that is true, but let's not not appreciate it for how awesome it is. Like he has this beautiful toe-touch catch in the end zone. He scored on an end around as a tight end, and he busts the big one down the middle where nobody lays a finger on him. I mean, just unbelievable. I saw one of the – guys on Twitter, I forget who it is, Matt Miller, maybe, NFL Draft Scout guy, and he wrote, Brock Bowers would be a top 10 pick in this year's draft. He's not even draft eligible until, you know, 2024 draft, and uh, yeah, it's just an embarrassment. Rich is also on the tight end front. South Carolina's own Oscar Delp getting a little love yesterday. Yeah, that was big. In his home state, you know, that had to be hard for his mama to see his see her son get and her his first touchdown catch against her alma mater. Oh, I don't think it was hard for her at all. I bet she was the loudest person in Williams Price Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was cool. Um, you know, Lad had another good day. Stetson had a really good day. Stetson looked fleet of foot yesterday, um, even after he uh, alleviated himself. <laughs> On the, on, the, on the field yeah yeah, yeah. overhydrated himself yeah that's what kirby <laughs> said he said overhydrate i said oh boy these jokes just write themselves the only time overhydration has led to a vomiting incident it involves a beverage that is not water <laughs> <laughs> i've been overhydrated before with water that involved barley and hops that caused a response like that <laughs> yeah yeah so no kidding that uh, that that made me laugh, but it was just man, it was just a fun day. I noon start. I mean, it's like we talked about earlier that there have been so many years where that would have caused some anxiety, and it was just an absolute bludgeoning. And Malachi Starks, another great play. I mean, he he's getting better every week, and man, they just look fast. That's what I kept watching. I thought Dan Jackson had a very good game yesterday. Pop had like, a great day. Pop had a really good day, man. I love Pop. They're just – they're so fun to watch, and they just do everything right. And, yeah, man, I – it's just I, – I get so excited each week just to see what they're going to do and see what 
you know, see what the offensive game plan is going to be and, and all this stuff. And I don't know, man. I even – Branson got some run yesterday. I mean, they are – guys are getting – that's the other part about this. Guys are getting reps. Carson Beck is actually getting to run the offense, not just handoff left, handoff right, like getting to sling it a little bit, which is great because God forbid, but what if something happens to Stetson or what if something happens to Kenny or, you know, yeah. fill, fill in the blank. Guys are getting live reps in SEC environments, which is outstanding. Um, well, let's talk about our picks. You and me had okay weeks. Travis, they put a number up there, week. though. Travis Dink, seven, seven on the board. Seven, seven, yep. Leader so far. Leader so far. Yeah, so good for him. And got a lot of people having good weeks in the in the Pick'em League. Two nine and ones yesterday. We got dual winners. Tell you what, man, it's a lot of battles. We've already had two winners get their Be Unlimited weekly prizes, which is fantastic. And going to have two more this week. I have to figure that out. And then – I'm going to tell you what, the battle for the, the game day products prize package is shaping up because there's some people bullied up there at the top. And keep and it we are too. not it. No, you and I are not it. Decidedly not. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to start just making the picks that we make in the show because I've gone against that two of the three weeks and it did not bode well for your boy. So I'm going to have to abandon that strategy. Um but yeah, it's been it's been exciting, and we're gonna have fun guests this week. We're having Lily Rose come on, who's playing in the Georgia Theater with Travis Denning on Saturday night after the Kent State game. So she's gonna come on and pick with us. We haven't chatted with Lily before, so excited to hear a little bit of her story and hear about her music and have her pick some games with us. So that'll be fun. I know firsthand she puts on a kick-ass show. She was awesome opening Sam Hunt, so I'm fired up to talk to her. Plus, condos are pops, so you know she loves the dogs. Yeah, definitely. Well, you said she stopped the show to talk about the duck hunt. Darren right, she did. Yeah, that's what I'm definitely going to ask her about that. We got to hear We got to hear about that. Um, yeah, man, Ray played a show in Harlem last night. By all accounts, that looked awesome. I want to hear some snippets from it, but all the pictures look cool. Um, well, hold on. We got to talk about the App State game yesterday. Oh, my God. So, where did right, I text I'm you the headline was? The, 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 the miracle in the mountain. Is that what the guy quoted it? The miracle in the mountain. Yeah. I'm going to tell it from my perspective. Okay. I didn't watch the majority of the game. I turned it on the fourth quarter, I turned it off after App State got stopped with about a minute 16 left on fourth and goal when Chase threw it basically out the back of the end zone on, like, the four, on the Troy four. And then, like, 40 minutes later, I look back at my phone, and all I see from your text message is, oh, my God, in capital letters. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <You're... laughs> like, what do you – like, what happened? Like, I hadn't looked at my phone. Like, i just been doing other stuff, like – Turned it off. I had another game on, like, just in the background doing stuff around my house. So, take it away. I mean, it, I, I was the same. I had turned it off, and I was watching – oh, what game was I watching? Maybe I was already into watching the Mississippi State LSU game, and they do the cut-in, and they're like, oh, and ending in Boone for the ages. They go – Mountaineers down to their last chance. Chase Bryce drops back, and I'm just waiting for the bat down. 
And, dude, the ball's coming down at the five, so then you're going, well, it was absolutely a bat down. Tipped ball in the air, catch off the tip at the five, then peels around, gets into the end zone. I mean, absolute pandemonium. If there is any property left in Boone today, I will be shocked. And I, I'm not even going to speculate. I know there are no booze left in Boone. So, <laughs> I mean, between game day and that, oh, unbelievable. Just absolutely unbelievable. And like I had mentioned, I texted you. I don't know if it was a beat reporter or somebody had tweeted out the miracle on the mountain, which, yeah, boy. There was a video clip, um, a tweet where a guy was a guy or a girl was on the sideline on that end zone sideline and had the video of the catch of the guy catching it and running into the end zone right at her. Oh my oh. god, that was an amazing, amazing video. Oh, you gotta send me that. I haven't seen that yet. I gotta see that. Well, so that was crazy. And then, dude, Arkansas, woo pig suey. Got all they wanted from Bobby Petrino and Missouri State. I mean, I texted you. I said, I did not wake up this morning anticipating I was going to be watching Arkansas and Missouri State on SEC Network Plus at 1030 on Saturday night. But here we are. (laughs) Yeah, that was that was wild. I can't believe that they I mean, I can't believe that that was a game at all, but much less that they had to come back. I know. Well, so then right after that. I text you and I'm like, well, now I'm on another, you know, ESPN plus channel to watch the finish of the USF Florida game. <laughs> how much, okay. As a center and you as a long snapper, how pissed were both of us, man? I, I couldn't believe that. First off that is, they were at a point in the field where you're almost, I know they were still trying to score a touchdown and rightfully so, but you're like, man, let's just, let's take the tie and get ourselves into the overtime period and roll the dice a little bit here. But I, yeah. I think the most amazing part is the kid still almost made the field goal. I mean, it was like a rugby style hold. I, it was on its side. I know. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, also the, the fact that kid got the hold down was pretty impressive too. It was a terrible snap. Can we talk about this? I've asked you about this before, but it's just a continual pet peeve of mine. And I'm sure it's just written in the rule book this way, but in college football, once the ball is snapped, if you possess the ball and your knee is down, the play is over. So it makes no sense to me under the college rule set that the holder has the ball in his possession with the knee down. And we just, we just, with it's, the just knee a down. Li- it's just a live yeah. play. We're just, it's just a live play. <laughs> it's just not like every other play, which it is very agitating. Yeah. It just bothers me. Why can't we just change the college rule to where you have to be touched? Because that's the other thing. If he had his knee down and was still holding it and someone touched him, the play would be over. I don't know. It just puts my brain in a pretzel. Yeah. So that's just a little trip inside my brain for a few seconds. Um, well, I did text you that this was right after Anthony Richardson threw that pick in the end zone when Florida was driving. I texted you and I said, seems like it smells a little bit like hot dog water in the swamp. <laughs> A plus quote. A oh, Peter World Burns class. texted this out earlier today. Did you see Peter Burns text today about Anthony Richardson? Uh-uh. Weirdest stat line of the college football season. Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida, 
Zero touchdown passes, three tackles. Oh, I didn't see that. Boy, that, <laughs> that's that's about right. I mean, he he did not look great yesterday at all. They just I don't know. They've also played three straight games in the swamp and really haven't looked great in any of them. Which is another reason why I don't know if the spread can be high enough for me not to take Tennessee this week. Because they got to go into Rocky Top and he's got to actually perform in front of that hostile crowd, which you know it is going to be bonkers there on Saturday. Yeah. That's going to be a 330 game, right? Yeah, it, it is. Okay. The I mean, that's what I figured. But yeah, that, that's going to be electric, man. I think they are just going to blow the doors off of Florida. But maybe I'm, maybe not. I mean, I who who has Tennessee really played? They beat Pitt, but what do we know about Pitt? I still maintain that if Slovis plays that game, the whole game Pitt wins that. So yeah. I mean, they were in control of that game until Slovis goes out. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really. It's not like I'm a huge. I mean, it's not like I think Tennessee's something great. Like they don't look as crisp as they did at the end of last season. Like the offense doesn't look as crisp. To end yeah. the season as they did as they do to begin the season, so um, I mean, who knows? Maybe it takes a you know, it's a different it's different players. So who knows? But I think Tennessee wins handedly. Okay, so Drew Butler came. I don't out like either of the teams. So who cares? Drew Butler came out this week and said that he's going on a mission to have Brett Thorson's nickname be the Milkman because he was a dairy farmer in Australia. Which hundred percent on that. I'm happy to call Brett Thorson the Milkman. Um, that just is laugh out loud funny to me. Also, we didn't talk about this, but Brett Thorson had one of the funnier tweets, maybe of any Georgia football player ever, after the Oregon game, where he said, What I learned this week is that Stetson Bennett hates Australians. <laughs> oh, which boy, that's good stuff. Well done. Well done, Brett Thorson. Well done. But so on the nickname vein. I texted with you about this yesterday. Yeah. I will no longer call David Daniel, and I'm going to mess up the last name, but Sisneva? Is that how you say it? Sisneva? I think so. Am I, yeah. Am I saying that right? Okay. I think so. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn and get that right. But, homie, his initials are DDS. I, I will call him nothing but the dentist. That's it. He is Dr. Hit You in the Mouth. That's what he's going to be now. He is the dentist. And did I take that from Mighty Ducks too? Maybe. Wolf the Dentist Stanson. But it fits. And I think it's going to work. So from here on out, he will be the dentist. DDS. Doctor of Destruction. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. How do you feel about that? You on board with that? I love that. But I hate the fact how much you just aged us. <laughs> oh, come on. That's a classic. I'm just educated. It is, but man, you just... You aged us a lot. Like half well, our audience probably has no idea what the hell we are talking about. Well, that's that's what we're here for. That's what we're in the streets for, homie. We're spreading the good word. We're going to get the younger generation on all the classic movies. Plus, we can't hide from it, brother. We old. I mean, we are yeah. old. Hey, they're on Disney Plus. I mean, you know they. That's they're right. on, there's a new series out. So that's right. My kids have seen it. If people listen to the show haven't seen it, load it up. Sunday night movie night. Get you some. So, yes, that's happening. And his mama retweeted it yesterday. So we've got her approval, 
Yeah, we've got her approval to calling the dentist. So we're taking full license with that. That's that's what that's what DDS is going to be from now on. He's just a dentist. So, and I need him just punching people in the mouth the rest of the season. Um. All right, homie. What else? What am I missing? I feel like we texted about a lot of stuff yesterday. Am I hitting it all? Yeah, I do have one question for you. I just want your opinion on this. this. Isn't something I asked you, but have you gotten the opinion? It's a two part question. Have you gotten the opinion that so far throughout the season that Dejan is like the best runner of the three? Oh, and then it, the second part I'm of that so question glad. is: is do, you, do you do you think that that is because of when he's getting his carries, or that he actually is just the best pure runner on the team? Boy, I'm so glad you asked that, and I kind of wish we'd let off with this because it's probably going to be a bit controversial. And look, it is very well documented that I am a proud driver of the Kenny McIntosh bus. I love Kenny. I think he is going to play on Sundays for a long, long time. And if you can't root for Kendall Milton, something's wrong with you. So I think they're just both phenomenal talents and great kids. But if we are just talking about what we have seen through three games, I don't even know if it's a question. I don't even know if it's a honest debate. He has absolutely been the best runner of the trio. And no, I do not think it's been because of when he's gotten his carries because he's gotten them when the game, it's not like he's getting in the fourth quarter. You know, it's not like South Carolina 2020 when he's getting 10 carries in a row in the fourth quarter. No dude, it's, it's during the game when it matters still. And he looks awesome. And I just think he's a natural runner. The other thing about it, he just seems like he is a dog, man. Like he just doesn't have one bit of quit in him. And I've said something you can't quantify and how, how will we ever prove that? But he just looks like he just wants to punch you in the mouth and he's going to love every minute of it. If you try to punch him in the mouth and I don't know, man, he just seems to have a tenacity about him. And I'll tell you something else. The way Kirby talks about him, not just this year, but since 2020 has always struck me that he's a football player's football player, the way Kirby talks about him. And I think it's just showing up this year. But, yes, I am so glad you said that. I think that was a fantastic observation. And something I actually was meaning to text you yesterday and then forgot getting busy with stuff. But, yes, I had that exact same thought yesterday. He has looked the smoothest. He's looked like the most difficult to take down. I mean, is that what you're seeing too? I mean, obviously that's why you bring it up. Yeah, he looks um, basically, to go for comparison's sake, like Kenny reminds me a lot like James White. Patriots running back for a long time. Yeah. And um, Dejan reminds me a lot like Frank Gore, uh, like that type of running back. Um, yeah. th- their styles are completely different, but that's, those are the type, the type that they running back. They remind me of, and they're just, he's hard to bring down. He's a between the tackles runner. He's gonna, he's going to run over you mm-hmm. and, and around you, but he's not going to go down on that first hit. It's going to take more than one guy to bring him down. Um, whereas Kendall, I don't really have a comparison for Kendall. I don't really know who Kendall is yet. You know, you're still through three games. He, uh, and and this is purely based off running style. We're not talking about results because obviously it's not there on Kendall's side, but none of this is results. It's style. Derrick Henry. He runs like Derrick Henry. I've always thought Derrick Henry was a very 
odd runner because he essentially runs standing straight up. And that's how Kendall runs. He just, he just uses his size. Yeah. They're both they're both taller backs, big guys, but they both run very upright, I think. Whereas, you know, we're used to seeing Nick, somebody who's very like compact and low and low center of gravity, DeAndre Swift guys like that, which obviously different body builds than Kendall, but Kendall's running style reminds me a lot of Derrick Henry just from the straight up nature of it. So, that, I mean, that's what I see. Yeah, I can and see that. Again, results not there yet. But I do think there's a lot of times where, say, he's ready to, to try to get that extra yard on something, and he's up so high he gets stacked up. It's like, I mean, it got blown up this week because it, it was a big hit stick, but Tay Crowder's hit against Derrick Henry last weekend, right? It obviously got blown up because he knocks yeah. Derrick Henry off his feet, but part of that was because Derrick Henry's standing straight up. I mean – you you're left open, I think, to that kind of hit, especially if you don't see it coming. So I don't know that that's kind of what I see. But yes, I mean, I agree with you. I I think Dejan is he's going to get more and more fun to watch, and I'm going to be interested to see if they got into a game where they needed somebody to grind out some carries and and sustain a drive like that fourth quarter last year in the national title game. If you don't see his number called, I'm here for. Yeah, man, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a that's, I just feel like a really good, really good insight and, and something. I felt like we saw it a little bit during Oregon, and then I definitely noticed it last weekend. But you kind of chalk it up to well, it's the opponent, maybe. It's Sam. Yeah. Yeah, but yesterday, I started going, man, this is becoming like a weekly thing where I go, ooh, boy, he looked good on that run. So yeah, I think that's something to track as we keep moving forward. So Kent State this weekend, um, who knows what the number will be on that. It might be in the high 40s again. But exciting thing is British Bulldogs in town, man. Chris, Chris making his first trip yep. to Athens. Love that. So fired up for him. Actually turns out the way the schedule shakes out. I will be in Athens. So uh, hoping, really hoping that schedules align so I can link up with him and see him. Um, and think I'm going to get to see Jason too. So. I'm excited about that. And also, awesome. uh, if y'all are going to be in Athens, whether it's this weekend or any of the home weekends, always remember that um, Jason has the UGA Athletics Archives uh, exhibit that he does each season. And uh, this season is on Title IX and women throughout UGA sports history. And it's really cool, really well done. And he does a tour every Friday of game weekends at 3 p.m. I'm remembering that right. It's three, right? I think it's three to four. Um, but just pop in there and see that. And Jason's just the best. I mean, can't ask for anybody nicer and anybody that loves the dogs anymore. So, so definitely swing by with the family if you're going to be in town, whether it's this game weekend or another one. So, um, yeah, hoping to get to see him. And I want to see the exhibit in person. I've seen, like, pictures and stuff he sent me. It looks cool. So what else, brother? Is that it? We hit it all? I think we hit everything. All right. Well, we will uh, we will be on with Lily come midweek and we will look forward to previewing Kent State and talking a little bit about the rest of the year. And until then, go dogs, sick them and go dogs. Hey, George is better now.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.